So I want to talk about a guy that uh, perhaps, I don't know that, I know I've never preached a sermon on him. I've never heard anyone preach a sermon on him. I may have mentioned him in passing. Old Joseph of Arimathea. We're going to talk about Uncle Joe and, uh, and kind of get into his head. And as I began to study him and look at him, I began to, uh, you know, just, see, the Scriptures come alive when you put yourself in people's shoes. And you say, now, what if that was me? What if I had to deal with this? And you always, it's not so much about what the Scriptures say sometimes. It's more about what, what questions are you asking it? So you ask the Scriptures questions. And I, I began to ask myself, what about Joseph of Arimathea? He, he must have been kind of important because he's mentioned in all four Gospels. All four of them mention it, and all four give a slightly different picture. So when you put them all together, you've got a pretty good idea of Joseph and what he went through and, and his background. And uh, it's, it's, an interesting, uh, it's an interesting picture. But I want you to understand that even though he was uh, one of the 71 leaders of, of, uh, of the Sanhedrin there in Jerusalem, he was basically an average guy. He, uh, he wasn't one of the 12 disciples. He wasn't one of the disciples. He was a secret believer. And I know sometimes we use that term in a derogatory sense, but I, I, I want to look at that differently because there are, there is such a thing as a secret believer. Hmm. Some of them are here this morning. You're the ones that you're, you're afraid to say amen. <laughs> um. He wasn't, uh, it's interesting that everyone else left, and he took care of things. The disciples weren't around. Even the family didn't take care of Jesus. You'd think the family could have took care of him. He, listen, he, he didn't preach. He didn't, he didn't follow Jesus. He didn't quit his job. He didn't do a lot of the things that the other disciples did. But, and, 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 and he had a lot of questions. And he had a lot of doubts. There was another of the 71 called Nicodemus. Remember Nicodemus? He was also one of the 71. Probably the only two that went against the, the decision of the other 69. You need to understand something about the Sanhedrin. Their main job was to identify and confirm the Messiah. It was their job to determine whether Jesus was the Messiah. It wasn't a passing job description. They were supposed to decide this. And these two got remember Nicodemus? He comes to Jesus at night. He was the first Nick at night. Kind of bothers me, you know that. He was the first Nick at night. And because he, he wanted he was another secret believer. They were believers, but they didn't come out. And the Lord's speaking to me and saying, Joseph is coming out of the cave. Joseph is coming out. 
And we do have Josephs in the congregation, people that, I'm just happy to come to church and sit in the pew and be quiet. Don't bother me. And uh, you don't make a big deal at work, and you don't do all this stuff, and, and you kind of have self-esteem problems, and you're wondering, oh, I'm just an average Christian. I'm not, you know, I don't preach. I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't have a ministry. Hey, Joe, you're about to come out. Joseph of Arimathea, when the time came, He stepped up. He stepped up. Let's look at the Scripture. Uh, I said it's on all four Gospels. It's especially in John chapter 19, verse 38. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. By the way, for fear of the Jews, this meant he could actually lose his life. Definitely his job. Definitely his position. He would lose everything, right? So this is not fear of the virus. This is fear. This is well-grounded fear. Uh, So he asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus And Pilate gave him permission. By the way, if he hadn't done that, Jesus' body would have been dumped in the city dump. Because it takes money to bury people. And the average person doesn't have that much money to bury. It's not like there's tombs everywhere. So, and, and the family's missing in action. We don't know where the disciples are gone. Nobody was claiming the body. They would have thrown him in the city dump. Hello. So he came and took the body of Jesus. Next verse. And Nicodemus, he's also there, who at first came to Jesus by night, first Nick at night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds That took both of them to carry that, plus the body. Then they took the body of Jesus and bound it in strips of linen with the spices as the custom of the Jews is to bury. Now, in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb. And we know from the other, uh, one of the other gospel writers that the tomb actually belonged to Joseph. That was where he was supposed to be buried. Sometimes we have to give to God what was meant for us. And just so you know, the custom back then, they would very few people got this privilege. They didn't bury a lot of people in these tombs. But if you had a lot of money, you can get a tomb, and they put you in there until you completely decomposed. Then they would go back in, take the bones out, and put you in a in a box, there's a name for it, I forget the name of it, but they put you in a box and then, you know, they got your bones and then someone else could use the tomb. So basically it was a rental. It was a rental tomb. Um, but they, they put him in that, but Jesus didn't decompose. He came out in three days. It was a short-term lease. Amen. Verse 42, I'm in one of those moods. 
So there they laid Jesus because of the Jews' preparation day, for the tomb was uh, nearby. Listen, church, I believe that there's a message here for the last days. There's a message here for the church as we come out strong from, from this, from this uh, putting us in solitary, whatever you want to call it. And uh, there's a message here because everything's changing. And we need to get ready. And we need to figure it out. You know, just let me give you just, just one example. Some of the things, you know, because all this stuff goes through my head, how, how things are different. And let, me, and let me tell you this before I give you this example. We're coming out different. If you think we're just going to come back and be same old, same old, you're wrong. No, something has shifted in the atmosphere for the better. We're coming out of this strong. I believe God's been speaking to you. Amen. And if he hasn't been speaking to you, it's because you hadn't been listening. Because I've been praying, God, talk to them. Come on now. Times are changing. Let me give you, let me, just look, look, just, you know, here's the thing about praise. Can I talk about praise and worship? Here's the thing about praise. Praise is contagious. So you're just standing there thinking about what you're going to eat for dinner, and the, and the person next to you goes, Woo, glory to God. All of a sudden, you're not thinking about chicken dinner anymore. You're going, I, I need to be praising the Lord. I'm going to be the only one. It's contagious. But now there's no one sitting next to you that's. So my point is, you have to be more intentional with your praise. Come on now. You need to get more intentional. Don't sit around, wait for the rain off someone else's umbrella. You need to get intentional about you need to do, you need to start your own little praise in your own little circle, wherever you are, amen. When you come in, and here's here's something else. We we can't I guess we can't really do altar calls like we used to do it. So all of a sudden, God's beginning to move during the worship more and more. He's beginning to He's beginning to answer prayer out there. He always did that, but I believe he's going to do more of that. So you have got to get more intentional with your praise. And we did this morning. You got there this morning. And the Lord honored that, and the Lord blessed that. We don't know how long we got to sit six feet away from each other. Of course, if you talk to our sister there, she's going to hug everybody on the way out. So if you got issues with that, just watch her, watch her. I'm up for hugging. I'm fine. And that's why some of you won't hug me. But anyway. <laughs> so, so here we go. Let me give you four things real quick. This won't be a long sermon. I know I say that, but it won't be. So number one, I'm already into it. <laughs> These are confusing and changing times. So I, I started to get into Joseph's head and, and what he was thinking. And you need to understand it was it was his responsibility to determine who the Messiah was, and 69 of them said, this guy's a fake, and this guy makes me really mad, and, I, and we're going to kill him. We're going to kill him. I think they were more concerned about their political position, to tell you the truth. But we're, we're going to kill him. And, and, and here's the thing. He's thinking, is he the Messiah? Nicodemus sneaks out at midnight. Hey, are you the Messiah? And he gives that, he must be born again. 
John 3.16 comes out of Nicodemus. The questions. Listen, I went, don't raise your hand, but have you ever had doubts? I'm having right now. I'm having one right now about you. <laughs> You've had doubts. You've had some fears. You've, you've said, God, where are you? Come on, be honest. You, you've, you've had disagreements with his timing. <laughs> you wondered why God wouldn't do this. And why. You've had your moments. Well, he's having moments. He, he believed he was the Messiah, but he wasn't coming out. <laughs> he didn't admit it to anybody. It's just like, you know, he and Jesus had a good thing going. But he wasn't, he wasn't going to come out of He was a secret uh, believer. And then, and then he dies. He was supposed to be a general. He was supposed to be a king. He was supposed to run, he's supposed to run the Romans out and, and let Israel have their nation back. That's what they thought the Messiah would do. And now he's dead. And he died a criminal. He didn't believe the charges, but he, he died a criminal. And, and you're thinking, you know, I was thinking, if I was Joseph, I, w- I would just maybe wash my hands of it and say, well, that's that. I guess he wasn't the Messiah. And just wash your hands of it. Why take a chance now? Why come out now when he's already dead? Why take the chance He took the chance because finally this secret believer decided, I need to do what's right. I need to make a stand now. Going to Pilate was dangerous, but if he hadn't done it, he knew the body would be thrown in the city dump. So he goes to Pilate. He asks for the body. Now everyone knows what this is about and what he's about. Wow. Sometimes you may not understand what's going on. You may have your doubts and fear, but this is a time to act. This is a time to step up. This is a time you, Joseph, can make a difference. Number two, Joseph was a secret believer, but he had a very important mission. This this was the job for the family. But the family's nowhere to be found. You know, Jesus had brothers and sisters, right? They're not even at the cross. They're probably walking around like, I'm not related to him. Jesus who? (laughs) There's a lot of people named Jesus. I don't know. The family's not there. Only John is at the cross. The other 11 are gone. They're in fear. They're hiding in a room. But after the crucifixion, it, John's not asking for the body. John's not taking the body anywhere. He's a secret believer, but now he has an important position. Wow. My point this morning, what the Lord is telling me this morning, is that you may have been kind of on the low down. You might have been a quiet Christian, a reserved Christian, but your life is about to be noticed. And there's something in you that's coming to the surface. And God is really wanting to use you, not to go out on the streets and preach the gospel necessarily, but to start living it 
I mean really living it. And as you live it, amen, because people are so different from us, they really are trying to shut us down. I, I won't say which mayor, but there's a mayor of a major city today. A church tried to have church, and, and she sent, uh, she sent the, um, the tow trucks to the street and towed every one of their cars while they were in church. But you can go to the bar and get all the alcohol you want. And, you, and have you been to Lowe's? You know, I was just to the point where if they didn't let us have church, we were going to meet in the plumbing department. Show them. That's essential. But prayer's not essential. Really? Being together is not essential. You know, there's more people dying from suicide now than there are the virus. Suicide's Domestic violence. Come on. There's consequences to what we're doing because people aren't in church. People aren't together. And, and, and well, anyway, I don't want to get political. It shouldn't be political, right? I think when it's all over, someone's just going to say, never mind. <laughs> I, I got to get going. Do what's right. Do what's right. We're coming out of this strong. I really believe it's not going to be the same. Next week, we're going, to, we're going to introduce the strategy going forward, and I didn't have to come up with a new strategy. It's the strategy God gave me before the virus hit. And part of that, I'm like, really? Why would we? Now I understand. And we're going to share that with you next Sunday. Be sure you're here. It's going to be... It, it, it's going to be great. Things will not be the same. If you're one of those people who doesn't handle change very well, there are many other dead churches in town. I'm not, I'm not pastoring a dead church. Can I give you a word from the Lord? Let me give you a word from the Lord. Don't, don't look for eggs in last year's nest. How come there's no? That was last year's nest. We can't worship God in last year's nest. We can't, we can't do what God wants us to do with last year's nest. Every year, those, I always thought, why doesn't the bird just come back to the same old nest? No, they, they make a new nest every year. Oh, come on. I'm making a new nest in here. God's making a new nest in here. <laughs> Glory to God. For some of you, I'm putting thorns in your nest. It's not about being comfortable. Can I get an amen? Number two, I got to hurry up. Number two, God is releasing and giving spices. Listen, 100 pounds of spices. I guess even today that might be worth a lot of money. But back then, that was gold. I mean, if, if, you, if someone wrapped your dead body in 100 pounds of spices, that meant you were a king or an extremely wealthy person. I mean, you were in the top 1% of society. You know, you and Bill Gates, that's it. <laughs> right? You were a millionaire. This is a lot of money. And it kind of reminds me, reminds me of the, remember the woman that poured out a year's savings on Jesus? And somebody, how many, how many know there's always one? Hello? There's always one. They said, why this waste? 
Jesus said, anything you pour on me is not a waste. Coming to church is not a waste. Giving God this time is not a waste. Giving Him my tithe is not a waste. Giving Him my energy and my time and my morning prayers, my devotions, getting up in the middle of the night. None of that is wasted on Him. Amen. The world wants you to think you're wasting your time and your money and your energy, but none of that is a waste. Remember the rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler says, what do I have to do to be saved? And and, and Jesus, sometimes I think Jesus says things just, just for the shock value. I know I do in my sermons sometimes. And Jesus says, you have to sell everything you have. And I think he was shocking them. I, I think he was saying, basically, this will cost you everything. And I know we have trouble with that scripture, and I almost wish it worked that way. I wouldn't do much for church growth. But you can imagine the only way you can get saved is if you sell your home and give us the money. I think, I think God's in that. I think. <laughs> Just kidding. These preachers, I tell you. You know what it reminds me? You know what I think Jesus was saying? Remember that other parable. You've got to go through, through deep on this stuff. Remember the guy who finds a pearl in the field. And he doesn't tell anybody. He was a secret believer. But he sells everything he has so he can buy the field with the pearl. That's what he's telling the rich young ruler, that if you sold everything you had, you still come out ahead. If you give him your life, you have a better life than if you had kept it yourself. You can't outgive God. Whatever you give, and I'm, I'm not, just, you know, please understand I'm not talking about money. Just everything. Just give him everything and you wind up with more. He sold everything so he could have the pearl of great price. You know, another thing on that parable, some people interp interpret the, the buying of the pearl, not of us getting salvation, but the pearl is Jesus. And the Father gave everything he had so we could have Jesus. Oh, he, the Father sold everything he had so we can have the pearl which is Jesus. You like that interpretation? I like that too. Praise God. Amen. Number three. Number three. Uh, uh, I think, did I already say number three? He was a secret believer, but he had a very important mission. I kind of got ahead of myself on this one. This is one of those sermons where I'm just saying whatever comes in my head. He was a secret believer, but God had a purpose for him. As we come back together, God's going to give you a purpose. And I'm not saying you're going to go out there and preach on the streets. Remember what I said about the church in the first 300 years? If you get like last week's sermon, for 300 years, they really never preached publicly. Right? And unless you went through about a year of training, they wouldn't let you come to church. You couldn't come to church for 300 years. You could not come to church until you were ready to come to church. Does anyone believe that would work today? <laughs> it might because people got curious. There's something different about these believers. 
And, and like I said, God is raising us up, Joseph, with a special mission. And you may not know what it is, and, it, and like I said, it's probably not preaching anywhere, but it's your light is going to start shining in this darkness. And maybe you can't go to work right now, but when you go to work, they're going to notice something different about you. You're not coming back defeated, wore out, depressed, discouraged. You're coming back with joy. You're coming back joyful. God's doing, God's done something in your life. The way you act in the store, the way you act around other people, there's, there's a joy in you. There's no fear in you. Come on, church. God is ran there. Like I said, we'll, we're going to lay some of that out next week. You're, you're going to be excited to hear some of the things we're going to do. And finally, number four, his mission was to prepare a dead body for new life. To prepare a dead body for new life. There's that scripture. I won't read it all. They could scroll it up on the First Kings chapter 17. But you remember the woman who prepared an upper room for Elijah to stay. And then her son dies. And go to verse 19. And, and he said to her, give me your son. So he took him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room. In fact, that's part of the strategy is to create an upper room. Who is, who is this woman? This woman is a type of the church. Who is this dead son? That's that generation that doesn't know God. Listen, there's a whole generation of young people who have never even been to church. You know, we didn't all go to church coming up, but we all knew about church. We, we had, come on, old timers, we had all been to church. I remember when I was deep in sin, I would, I would not walk past a church. I would cross the street and go around it because I knew even though I was a sinner, there was something real. But they don't know it now. It's a lost generation. It's a dead body. But watch what happens here. Watch what happens. Come on. I'm, I'm talking to my prayer warriors now. Listen to me. All the prophetic people in this congregation. Elijah says, give him to me, and I'm going to take him to the upper room. The church has dead bodies in their arms. They're your neighbors, your relatives, your friends, people you work with and work around, uh, clerks at the store, people at the doctor's office. These are dead bodies. They are in the arms of the church. And he's saying, give them to me and I'll take them to the upper room. Prayer is going to break out like we've never seen before. There's going to be an upper room ministry. There's going to be a church within the church, so to speak, of people that really believe in prayer and don't mind getting together and worshiping in secret like they used to. We're actually going to do that. Okay, no amens, Lord. I, it, yeah, it's, there's a, <laughs> don't be that secretive. Stretched himself out, verse 21, on the child three times 
And his breath came back into him. I feel that in my spirit. God's about to breathe life into our society. Revival is coming. Next Sunday, by the way, is Pentecost Sunday. Fifty days ago, it was what? Passover. Now it's Pentecost. How many would like to have a Pentecost on Pentecost Sunday? Wow. Something's going to launch next Sunday. God is going to do something amazing. If the worship team will come back. Listen, there are lives in your hands. Give them to prayer. Give them to the prayer ministry. Let's breathe life into them. God is mobilizing an army of secret believers. Can you imagine winning the lost for 300 years and nobody preached to them? They weren't allowed to come to church for 300 years. And yet people were getting saved so quickly they couldn't handle the increase. Wow. Wow. Acts of kindness. Loving our neighbor. We're going to resurrect our loved ones. Resurrect our friends. People are coming back. They're coming back. Would you stand with me? Get your communion ready.